Hello, hello, welcome, welcome to Candlestick Twists, the podcast that takes a close look at murder mysteries and from a writing, reader, and literature perspective determines whether or not the plot twist of who did it was well written. The book that I'm reviewing today is Agatha Christie's The Murder on the Orient Express. Alright, I'm going to give a summary of the book, so be warned. There are spoilers about. Alright, so a worldwide famous detective named Hercule Poirot is waiting to board a train called the Orient Express. It's snowing and it's cold outside, so he waits out the train in a fancy hotel eating when he runs into four people. There are two strangers, Mary Debenham and Colonel Aberthwart, who when asked claim not to know each other but are caught calling each other by their first name, which the detective finds immediately suspicious. He also runs into an old friend, M. Boak, who books him the passage on the train in the first place, and Mr. Ratchet. Uh, Mr. Ratchet goes up to the detective and asks him to help him with a case because he's been receiving threatening letters. The detective refuses the offer, believing that Mr. Ratchet is an evil person. After the five board the Orient Express, along with Dr. Constantine, Miss Hubert, Princess Dragon Moth, Hector McQueen, Count and Countess Adrini, Cyrus Hardman, Antonio Fascinelli, Greta Olsen, Hildegard Smith, Edward Henry Masterman, and Pierre Michel. A series of strange occurrences happen in the middle of the night once everyone is boarded and they're all sleeping. So the detective wakes to hear a scream coming from Ratchet's room, but dismisses it when he hears a voice calling out that they're fine in French, even though Mr. Ratchet doesn't know any French. Miss Hubert wakes the conductor, claiming a man to be in her room. The train gets stuck in the snow, and a thump is heard from Ratchet's room. It's been revealed by the coroner in the morning that Ratchet is dead. Thus, the murder investigation promptly begins. In the room, the detective finds a handkerchief with the letter H embroidered on it, pipe cleaners, matchets that aren't ratchets, and a burn paper with the words Armstrong on it. The window is left open to try and throw the investigator off track, but there are no footprints outside the snow and the floor is dry. The worm Armstrong leads the detective to believe that Ratchet is really Cassetti, a man who previously murdered a three-year-old girl named Daisy Armstrong. During the interview process, he learns that McQueen knew about the note. Miss Hubert asked Greta Olson to lock the doors between her and Ratchet, since they were connecting rooms, and she also claims that the murderer was in her room. 
However, everyone he interviewed had a solid alibi for the time of the murder. Everyone also claims that they caught someone wandering the halls in a red kimono. Hildegard Smith claims she bumped into someone wearing a train jacket. Police Perot does a laundry che- a luggage check and discovers that the jacket is in Hildegard Smith luggage, the red kimono is in his, and that Countess Andini's ta- luggage tag is wet and dirty. After careful assessment of the luggage tag, he learns that the Countess is actually Helena Goldberg, Daisy's aunt. After some more investigating, Piero learns that most of the passengers on the train are in some way related to or cared for Daisy Armstrong and the Armstrong family. Mary Debenham was Daisy's governess. Miss Hubbard is a famous actress and was Daisy's grandmother. Colonel Arbuther was a friend of Colonel Armstrong's. Princess Dragomoff was Daisy's great godmother. McQueen was a friend of the Armstrong family. Count Andini is is married to Helena. Cyrus Hardman was in love with Daisy's previous nursemaid before she died. Antonio Fascinelli was the Armstrong chauffeur. Greta Olson was Daisy's current nurse. Edward Henry Masterman was Cassetti's valet, and Pierre Michel was the father of the previous nursemaid. So, because of their love and respect and care um, for Daisy, they all plan together to get revenge on Rex. Alright, so next I'm going to interview Bronwyn and Taylor a writing and literature major, respectively, and I'm going to ask them about plot twists and what makes a good one, so stay tuned for that. Thank you. Hello, I am here with Taylor. She is a lit major here at our very own Eckerd College, and Taylor, I have a question for you. All right. Taylor, what constitutes for you uh, a literature major who reads mystery, who reads murder mysteries, as a good plot twist? Everyone has their own tastes and values, but I do think that the most important thing when it comes to having a plot twist is you have to remember that you, as a reader, have a contract with the, the characters in the book and, by extension, the author. So, for example, if you're reading a book and you get an ending that you don't like at all, um, you as a reader kind of feel jilted, or at least I know that I do. I'm sure you do, as someone who obviously reads herself. Um, You feel jilted. And so if an author puts in a plot twist that doesn't make sense or doesn't feel earned, it's not going to come across well at all with the reader or with, you know, the story itself. It's doing not only the reader a disservice, but the story a disservice. Uh, to have a good plot twist, you not only have to, um, you have to make it simultaneously expected and unexpected. You can't have glaring red flags 
all throughout the story that tell you that this plot twist is coming, but you can't have it come completely out of left field. And then similarly to that, you cannot have too many red herrings because we all know things like, I mean, the example that comes to mind is Scooby-Doo. I used to watch that with my mom on Saturday mornings and every single time they would say, oh, we think it's this person. And immediately as the viewer, you would know, oh, it's not that person because they always get the wrong person. And it's always a misunderstanding. And it's always the person who they never looked at to begin with. That is a huge mistake. That's a huge cliche. And that's just going to make your reader feel jilted if they're not, you know, seven. So moving on from that, it does have, so, there are some biases or it is a matter of taste. But when writing a plot twist, you have to keep in mind that contract that you have as a reader and as a writer. You can't, um, I'm trying to think of the word dishonor I guess you can't dishonor that contract too much because then your reader you they either lose interest or you know they're 175 pages in and there's a terrible plot twist and what books are expensive they're 16.99 in the hole and they have a terrible book that now they have nothing to do with because what they take it to a pawn shop and sell it for 9.99 mm-hmm. that even that's generous probably 99 cents it's more accurate so Yeah, um, so I guess my final word on uh, plot twists would be that they are very, very easy to do. They're almost impossible to pull off well. All right, Taylor, thank you so much. All right, I'm also here with Bronwyn. Bronwyn, as a writer someone who writes murder mysteries who involves herself with plot twists what do you think constitutes as a good plot twist um so i think one of the important things about having uh when you're writing a plot twist is the fact that you've got to give your reader something that they think is plausible without um, being so overtly possible. So you don't want it to be like so suddenly out of the blue, you know, this random dude walking across the street that we randomly ran into like twice uh, is actually the killer. because that just feels a little implausible and um, unlikely. But you, at the same time, don't want it to be like, oh, well, you know, the boyfriend is actually the one who did it, and he just threw the husband under the bus, you know. Um, It has to be a perfect balance between implausibility and reality, kind of. Um, and then I think one of the important things that come when it comes to, that, that come in, and I think that one of the really important things that, um, a writer should be able to do with plot twists is create it in a way that the audience, if they go back and they reread or rewatch even, um, the, the media, uh, and the form of entertainment, they'll start noticing these very tiny uh, clues that lead up to the reveal. So it's fun. It's not just fun when you initially get to the plot twist and you're like, oh my god, 
it's really fun when you go and you rework with the uh, piece of entertainment in order to start noticing those tiny little pieces. And I think that those are two of the most important, important things. And the third most important definitely has to be you can't keep it cliched. You know, we all know that in reality it was, at this point even, the butler who did it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, it's very easy to pinpoint characters who might be the cause or the killer um, because it's overdone. So you want to be able to avoid cliches, or if you have to do it as a cliche, you want to find a way to throw the blame so far away from them that it's not an automatic, like, I knew it. Mm. So I think that those are my top three things when it comes to plot twists. All right, Brown, thank you so much. Glad to have you both. Okay. So, we just heard from, once again, Bronwyn and Taylor. They shared their really awesome perspectives from a literature and a writing perspective. um, What they thought a good plot twist was. And, as a reader, I'm inclined to agree with both of them. Do I think it was a good plot twist? Well, yeah, I do. I think it's unique in the fact that when you ask who did it, everyone did it. And, you know, that's not really common when it comes to writing or uh, storytelling, especially for, like, murder mysteries. There's always somebody who is suspicious, and it always turns out to be, like, at least one of those people who you find suspicious. And not all the people that you find suspicious. Which, it makes it unique in the sense. But, or jolting in a sense. Um, to figure out that everyone was suspicious. And, you know, you're supposed to go back at a plot twist and look. And you see if it makes sense, like, when you pick it out. And... It does, but it doesn't at the same time. So it's jilting, but it's surprising. I cannot figure out whether this is a good plot twist or a bad plot twist. So viewers, I guess I'll just leave this one up to you. Thank you for joining me. All of this credit is due to the beautiful writer, Agatha Christie. And once again, thank you for my guest, Bronwyn and Taylor, for joining me today.